Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Shropshire Football Podcast episode 3. My name is Luke Hatfield, I'm joined by two men I'm sure you all know very well now. First of all, the Shrewsbury Town know-it-all here at the Shropshire Star, Mr Lewis Cox. Hello Luke. Hello, how are you? I thought that intro was impeccable. Thanks mate. First best, time. Best you've done today. First take. Yeah, yeah, very good. First take to all the listeners. Very good, very good indeed. Uh, yeah, I'm well, thanks. Um, we finally got into the bubble. Yeah. To listen. Yeah. Uh, to record, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Did you want to detail the uh, the issues we had previous? Well, we just we booked it, didn't we? But then we booked it. See, we, for those who don't know, we have a we have a section in the Express and Star Shropshire, Shropshire Star called the Bubble. Now it's essentially, it's essentially a meeting room which has the best acoustics for our digital recordings, like the one you are listening to right now. However, to to get in the bubble, you have to book. There were some rogue non-bookers. Sabotage. Go as far as to say. There were some rogue non-bookers in ahead of us, but they've only delayed us by half an hour, so the room's still free. We've still got plenty of time to talk Shropshire football, but first thing I want to talk about with Mr Cox is... Oh, actually, you know what? I'll, in, I'll introduce our other our yeah, guest first, because it's been a couple, almost a couple minutes now. <laughs> um, and I haven't introduced our Telford man, our Telford man. Mr. Joe Edwards. Well, yeah, cheers for, for remembering me. <laughs> yeah. You only sat across the table from me, and I almost forgot. Um, I just got to mention that theme song. It's fantastic, isn't it? Though that was fantastic kind of music. It's, oh, it's a hard uh, work editing this podcast. I, know, I, I have I know to witness not together. Like a fan of wrestling, like me, but it's like it's proper entrance music, isn't it? Ba 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 ba. It's, it's like it can get you like in the mood, doesn't it? It certainly does. This it's is top of your Spotify now. Isn't I, it? I, if if I if I if the Curators of that uh, music uh, are listening. Get, can you can you touch with me? Because I I'll download that. I will and you know listen to it on the way to work, on the way back from work. What a what a what a soundtrack that is. Do you listen to this before your Sunday league games? Yep, yep. I, I didn't play this week because I was in air, but um, yeah, it's a, it's a stunning piece of music. That yeah. Is. Well, one could almost suggest the highlight of that entire podcast. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Big thanks to purpleplanet.com for that music. Cheers, guys. Plug. They're, 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 plug. I'm giving them a plug. We give them a plug in every episode, as is our requirement by using their music. Oh, right, so right. The, the deal is we can use their music for free as long as we, we give them a credit. Shout out. Um, yeah. So we're giving them, we're going all out. We're giving them an audio and link credit. We need to tag them in this. This is massive. Cheers, Purple Planet. Top lads. Purple Planet. Top great, great work. They supply all of our podcast intros here at the Expressive Star Shop Star. Uh, how was everyone's weekend? Good? Um, fairly forgettable. Chill. Forgettable. Um, I, I wasn't actually at the Telford game, but um, I mean, my my weekend was okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, Telford's, you know, the the winning run, well, the unbeaten run anyway, has come to an end. Um, mm. It it was inevitable, I think, wasn't it? It was, you know, to to go a whole season unbeaten would have been unbelievable. Uh, and going up to Darlington, it could have gone. One or two ways against the side that hadn't won at home. However, the carry on in poor form or they come out firing, and you know, unfortunately for the books, Darlington, by all sounds of it, played really well and were, were worth the three points. Mm. Did anyone watch England game? Absolutely not. I was busy driving <laughs> back from Portsmouth. You were too busy glasses shopping, weren't you? <sighs> I mean, this isn't a video. This isn't a video, but oh, I know it's quite sporting some. 
brilliant new glasses. He's gone it. He's verged away from the from the standard black rims, haven't you? Yeah, I'm a bit worried because I feel like my big black glasses were my USP. A lot of you know mm. Shrewsbury fans would would wind me up. You know, um, probably know me as that. I'm not going to use a, a, an offensive word with with the big black glasses, <laughs> but yeah, I've um, yeah, I've actually got two for one. So so you will see me alternate now. Two for one, bargain. Yeah, designers, what they super drivers. Yeah, mate, and my um, <laughs> my other brand. It'll come back to me now, but I've uh, what, what sort of salary are you on, mate? Honestly, I've got um, like words with the big wigs here. He's not telling us something. Super dry glasses. What is more exciting is my new 2020 vision. But oh. you know, maybe I might start being able to see what happens at the football. No, that's what that's what all the, yeah. the all the Shrewsbury fans will be saying, mate. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> They'll be saying, "What do you mean it was a penalty? There was no way it was a penalty." That's <laughs> a on the players have said that. You to thought me. it was a goal kick? And uh, yeah, Toto Toto and Ciara didn't like my uh, my glasses. He never used to think they worked. So yeah, maybe maybe uh, maybe these ones do. Yeah, no, I didn't watch England. I was busy driving back from uh, another winless. Weekend, a long old drive that as well. Probably. Yeah, six let's, hour round trip. But. Let's actually talk first because because it's, it's a fortnightly podcast. We're gonna we're gonna start with Shrewsbury. We're gonna go for a little bit of a run through the results we may have missed. Um, Bristol Rovers first, of course. Yeah. Seems so long ago now, doesn't it? Well, yeah, it's just obviously there've been no Tuesday games this month um, out of the Carabao Cup, and they played their Czech Trade Trophy. The Literally the day before the last Yeah, party. the last party, yeah. So we've had two Saturdays. The first being at home to Bristol Rovers. I remember very well we spoke about... Um, spoke very worryingly about Stefan Payne and Alex Rodman and the inevitable. And, uh, yeah. yeah, the inevitable kind of, you know, half happened in that uh, Payne scored. It wasn't from a Rodman cross, happily, or anything like that, but... Uh, yeah, a, a penalty surprise. You know, should be giving away They're a penalty. They're great at giving away penalties right now. Yeah, I think we'll get onto that, won't we? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, that game was. I mean, Bristol Rovers were so bad, so poor. Shrewsbury were by no means the best they've played under Askey this season, mm. but still much better than Bristol Rovers. It was, you know, nil at the break. Town had largely dominated without creating much clear cut it, they've created more in other games anyway shortly after the break you know sloppy penalty Luke Waterfall one of the few he's given away it was soft replays have said but you know you put yourself in that position um, Payne took it away in front of the safe stand in uh, did he celebrate? Did he no celebrate? he was very good actually he put a, like an almost apologetic hand in the air no. um, and I thought that was quite a good moment you know I actually spoke to him after the game uh, not for an interview, just sort of passed him, and you know, I said fair play for that. And he said he would, you know, he was never gonna, you know, celebrate, which I think is is not. Nice. What if it was a 95th minute? He bangs in a 30 yard volley. Nah, you think he's still gonna stick up that hand unapologetically? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Naive, but nah, I don't know. But um, yeah, he was well um, received by the town fans. He was he was clapped. And cheered more than Rodman actually. There are a couple of boos for Rodman, which surprised me. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the way that what Rodman left, isn't it? Yeah, it was kind of right. in acrimonious yeah. kind of circumstances, wasn't it? That you know the club had actually announced that they were confident he was going to resign. Yeah, mm. and it was almost a, a last-minute uh, change of heart from from Rodman. Yeah, it seemed. Was... So I think that's probably played into it. I think Payne was pretty upfront, wasn't he? He wanted to be. Back that you know more more safe, safe yeah. to to be closer to his family, and I think a lot of people couldn't understand that. So 
perhaps you know that explains that. Yeah, not very right there actually with that. And um, and Rodman was invisible. That that kind of uh, really. There, well, there were cheers for him and a couple of boos, but that was as involved as he got. You know, reading over the tunnel because that's one young Ryan Sears, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Uh, in fact, in the last podcast we spoke about that, didn't we? The did Sears indeed, situation. Yeah. Of course, they since loaned um, a new right back in Josh Emmanuel, uh, which again we can talk about. But Sears played that day. His competitive town debut, very good, um, very solid. First time I've really I've seen him in a couple of friendlies. Joel have seen him more at Telford, but um, yeah, I mean, unspectacular in that he's not a rampaging for attacking fullback who's gonna you know step overs past the opposition team reach the byline but he was solid he won he, was a, he won tackles he was a bit nervy in the opening five or ten minutes couple of overhit passes and that but to be expected you know in front of six thousand odd crowd he he was solid in the tackle and kept Rodman in his pocket I would say mm. Rodman yeah really quiet Bristol Rovers fans I understand not at all pleased with him his performance and and not overly enamoured by pain either. So yeah, well that's what you want when you're on your debut, especially from a youngster. You don't want yeah. him to be busting out pirouettes and he would have know, been so nervous being putting recalled. all the putting the skills on. You know, he's re- he's yeah. recalled what a matter of is, is a it day is it fair yeah. to say hours? I don't I don't know twenty four hours. Yeah, twenty four hours. Yeah, yeah. He comes in and you that's what you want. You want a solid performance. You don't want anything too fancy, do you? No, nah, he was very impressive actually. Uh, a lot of town fans. Um, sort of discounted my man of the match vote. So I, I didn't actually put him in the top two, but but said he should have been man of the match. So I can't mm. say fairer than that, really. So full credit to him, of course, went to Portsmouth and he came out of the team. be interesting to see how it progresses. But um, I think whatever club takes him on loan, uh, I think again, you know, a, a very decent option at right back. Is Telford having back? Well, I, I think they would have him back in an heartbeat, but as uh, I think John Askey alluded to last week, I think there'll be a few more suitors now. Um, yeah. Of course, he was in the Welsh Premier last year at Newtown, and I think, alluding to Lewis's point of him being a kind of a now-frills right-back, from what we understand, he played a lot of his football at Newtown as a centre-half. Mm. Um, he, can, he can play in that position as well, got the players' player reward there. So he's not an attacking fullback. I don't think he'd ever be a wing back. Yeah, he's very much um, a fullback slash centre half. He's, you know, he's a quite a strapping lad, six six foot six foot one, I'd say. Yeah. So he's not, you know, he can hold his arm physically as mm. well. And um, whether they're looking to get him out on loan again, I'd possibly say that the national league, uh, the conference, may be his destination. Now he's been in the Welsh Premier. You'd like to think, for the most part. A step up from that is National North, yeah, and um, and then you know it seems the the most you know probable step would be the being the National League next. But Telford are keen to you know develop a good relationship with, with Shrewsbury. Gavin Cowan, of course, formerly of Shrewsbury as well, um, keen to kind of strengthen the link between the two clubs. So maybe um, Telford were pretty gracious in allowing him back. Um, yeah, Cowan initially said no because. They were really planning to have him in the team for that Ashton game. Yeah. Um, but he's but once he found out that there was a chance of him playing, he soon let him let him back. So there may be the you know t- Telford to return the favour by Shrewsbury, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up at a at a bit of a higher level. Yeah, it was it was a bit of a rush, I imagine, for him because obviously Emmanuel comes in, but he's not eligible to play mm-hmm. and then obviously you've got the injury issues on that flank and so so he's almost brought in 
yeah. as, as cover and then he ends up being thrown straight in. Yeah, James Bolton's got a uh, hamstring tweak, I think. I don't, I'm not sure how serious that is. Um, catch up with Askey later in the week to see how he's looking for South End Bolton. But Sears actually is in the mould of James Bolton in that, you know, Bolton's not the... Bolton's always striving to improve going forward, but not natural. That kind of, mm. you know, defence first, solid first, tackling kind of first is very different from what I saw from Josh Emmanuel on his debut, ironically. But, um, yeah, fair play to Sears. Probably the highlight, the thing you remember from that, that Bristol Rovers game because it's so great seeing the young academy lads progress. Mm. In the City Checker Trade game, the Tuesday before, it was Ryan Barnett who stole the show. So that was two in a few days for Tam. And when you're kind of a, a family sort of club like that, it's a big deal to have, you know, the young players coming through and sort of making the grades. So hopefully, you know, we've seen a couple of them on the bench. Hopefully they'll either get another shot from the bench as a sub or, mm. or a loan that they need so they can progress. Um, course Town levelled in the game yeah. against Bristol. I think it was something like last 20, last 20 minutes, the, the least they deserved to be yeah. level. Um, Sean Morley setting up an own goal and it was much needed, to be honest. That would have been a, a dreadful home defeat. Yeah, so there weren't three points for Shrewsbury, but were there any Weetabix? <laughs> I think that's what everyone wants yeah, to know. I think you're right. I, no, I mean, it was mentioned for a few Bristol Rovers fans on my timeline, but I didn't see any sort of wheat scattered from the... So, uh, I'm so disappointed, Lewis. Sorry. Uh, I really am sorry. Maybe when we go down to the memorial later in the season. I want, I, I'm going to... You know what? When's your birthday? When's my birthday? April. So we're still in the season. Yeah. But is the game after April? I don't know, to be honest. I don't, I don't, I don't I've know got you in a little bit there. I mean, we don't all know every fixture and exactly what day it's on. No, no. My... If, if the game falls after your birthday, I'm buying you a 36-pack of wheat bits. Okay. It, what what would be even better is whenever the away game is, if the, you come down with me with Weetabix in I'm, hand and just unleash chaos on on the. I would do this. Gas. However, you, you heard the story from over. Uh, I shouldn't really say this, but over at Walsall. <laughs> uh, oh, the story from over at Walsall. Well, they were at Barnsley. Nathan, Judah, and Joe Massey were both there. Friends of the podcast. They got told <laughs> to calm down yes, mid-game. Yeah. <laughs> told to calm down. They were too excited. Too excited covering the game. I mean, that is so Joe Massey. If I, is so Nathan as well. If it? I rock up to Shrewsbury Town and start throwing Weetabix... Yes, this what, is true. What are they going to say to me? But you're not too excitable, are you, Luke? No, you're, I'm pretty laid back. Yeah, yeah. I but, mean, I mean, if I'm throwing Weetabix all over the shop, yeah. then... <laughs> yeah, I can't... Yeah, I mean, we've got to talk about um, and Joe there, uh, former Shrewsbury Town reporter. He, he's very excitable. And Warsaw are, you know, unbeaten at the top, aren't they? So Yeah, I mean, he's got good reason you know, to be excited. I mean, I, I, yeah, I'm trying to think. Obviously, Shrewsbury had an incredible dream season last year. I'm trying to think of when I really got excited. I mean, Rotherham away, Payne scored a winner. At Paul Hurst going back to his old sides the first, for the first time. Ten men town. He played the whole second half with ten men and then got a 90-odd minute winner. Mm. That was incredible. And we were enclosed with Rotherham fans. And, yeah, I kind of gave it the, the big one, really. <laughs> there were many, there were great occasions. Donny away, last-minute winner, Arthur Nahua and, and so on. Uh, but, yeah, Joe. Joe loves it, doesn't he? Yeah. You know what would have been a great occasion? If Shrewsbury Town had beaten Portsmouth at Fratton Park. Nearly happened. Nearly. <laughs> Nearly happened. I mean, it nearly happened, but it, you know, <laughs> how many times does it nearly have to happen until it happens? The nearly men. No, you know, we didn't have a podcast last week, but going into this one, I said a few times, 
how funny is football? What's it like? You know, typical football, the the winless team up against the unbeaten team, and you kind of think, you know, it's it's just how it's sort of written, and mm. and I don't know if I mean Portsmouth had uh, their top scorer out international duty, um, and I think Town just went a bit probably siege mentality, a bit between their teeth, underdog business at Fratton Park, nothing to lose, a bit, and just but they just played their game. And Pompey could not handle them. I was I was really shocked by how better Shrewsbury were than Portsmouth. Anyone that follows online or read my report would have seen that there, it was one-way traffic first off. And it was mm. not the way that anyone predicted it. Um, yeah, and they they deserved a lead. They Honestly, with without the ball, in possession, pressing, everything, Portsmouth were chasing shadows. And it is really encouraging because that is what they can do. Um, of course, it got to half-time goalless and the stats read 11 efforts on goal, none on target. And Clinical. You know, I mean, you know, they were, <laughs> I'm not trying to defend these efforts on target. Two or three were from distance and mightily close, like sort of grazing the post inches wide another day they go in. But there a couple of bigger chances actually both really fall into Lionel John Lewis, certainly his second one that Ida wanted to put away and you know I think Town would have gone on to got to have got the win if they'd have got a first half goal then because they were on top Pompey's crowd were turning even though they were, they were unbeaten they were like mm. what on earth is happening this this winless t- team is playing us off the park um, and they were like you know and as soon as Pompey got it back for a sec Town won it back and launched another attack um, it was fantastic to see you know, at half time at nil nil you were really worried that they hadn't managed to get the goal. And and Portsmouth, you know, Kenny Jackett had to had to make two changes. I imagine he gave them a rollicking at the break. They came out with two chain changes and they improved. Um, to be fair. I don't think they could have played any worse, but they improved. Town still did okay, sort of held their own, didn't give too many chances away. Apart so, from a penalty. Yes, yes. Later. <laughs> we'll come to that. We'll come to that. Town actually scored a goal first, you know, as 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 they have sort of been managing in recent games they get getting this sort of one per game ratio now that they need to obviously improve on or yeah. start keeping clean sheets and and super sub without a doubt I think we can bring out the super sub super label sub. for uh, for Mr Doherty uh, I yeah. hope Stephen Gerrard was watching or has received the, the footage because it was a tidy finish Stevie G take a look son yeah yeah yeah, he, he second half of last season at Rangers played. You know, joined joined uh, Ibrox in January, and and played. Uh, it was a dozen or more games for them, and I think the fans quite liked him. He he's got something about him. Doctor, he's a good player. Yeah. One of a, a few good players. This this is the issue though with Shrewsbury because they do keep getting themselves into great positions, and then they keep shooting themselves in the foot. I mean, you can't keep giving away penalties, and it can't be as we discussed before, Lewis. This can't be just be luck now. Yeah, because they've, they've given away how many penalties? Yeah, we did a video, didn't we, and discussed this. It's like Sunday League kind of, you know, you if you're a Sunday League manager, you'd be going mental. I imagine John Askey is really not happy with the situation because it's four in four games, you know, <laughs> uh, five in seven, and you know when you when you're not scoring many, only scoring one, you know, don't gift stupid, you know. Penalties to the opposition, a free chance from twelve yards. The poor keeper Joel Coleman, uh, you got feel for him because at least he's getting his practice in. Yeah, yeah, plenty of practice. Perhaps he needs a bit more, so he starts saving them. I don't know, but the odds are against the keeper, aren't they? It's just 
so frustrating. Um, they Portsmouth created little from open play, uh, but as it is when the home team is sort of chasing a leveler, crowd behind them, time sort of dropped. John Askey's talked about game management. You know, don't necessarily drop so much. Don't dive in for stuff. Make the right decisions. Mm. You know, ultimately they made. They got let off one penalty call shortly before Josh Emmanuel was sort of all over his his attacker, and then the ref waves it away. You think, got away with one there. Uh, and sixty seconds later, you know, Gilead kind of inadvertently brushes his man to the floor, and and that was all it took. And you know, it just sort of summed them up. But it was by a million miles the best they've played at comfortably. You know, the best team they've played against, and it should be encouraging because they also. You know, they didn't shy away when they didn't get their goal in the first half. They were mm-hmm. able to carry on going and scored um, through, you know, a source that isn't a striker. So for the first time, a centre midfielder's got on the score sheet. So positives to take. I don't think that this penalty, you know, are they going to go on and concede seven penalties in seven games? Ten in ten? No, it doesn't happen, does it? A four in four doesn't happen, but come on. Yeah, surely not. <laughs> you know, um, so, you know, they're not being carved open in open play. So that that... That is encouraging. It certainly is. And we'll look ahead to the South End game in a little bit. Let's talk about a little bit of the Bucks. Joe, Telford 2, Ashton United 1 is the first game we're going to talk about. Daniel Udo at the double. Yeah, we spoke a lot about Udo and now he's really adjusted seamlessly uh, to life at Telford. He's got a lot going for him. He's got time on his side. Uh, I think he's just turned 22. And he's, he's very... Um, He's a big believer in in his faith, um, you know, in, in in God, and if you, he's actually got a fan page on Twitter. Oh really? Um, yeah, um, Team Udo, and then if you look at his own Twitter account, he's very, you know, kind of, um, you know, put kind of saying it's down to to my belief and things mm. like that. He's he's very kind of headstrong, and he's uh, you can see that he's kind of playing, you know, playing with a lot of confidence at the moment. Uh, he, he's quick. He's got a good touch. Uh, he's not the tallest, but he can hold players off. Um, came came down from the league from Crew, and if he carries on it, as he has been so far, I, I think he'll end up back there uh, at some point. But uh, Telford is kind of a haven at the moment for for these kind of players um, who have not quite had the you know the the, the crack at, at the at the big time that perhaps that they should have done. Um, Andre Brown had a trial at Leicester and he didn't quite work out there. Um, he got released by Crew as well, and he's at Telford. So, you know, they've got a got a good mix of players that have dropped out of the professional game, looking to get back into it. Henry Cowan's being another Dom Smith. Dom Smith, yeah. who, in my eyes, really could really be at a football league club. To be honest, if he if he if he gets a good run of games under his belt, so. Um, you've got a good mix there of players who have got a point to prove and players who have who have been in the league for a while. And um, that win against Ashton was a good win. It was a really good win because Ashton had come out and basically set up two banks of four. Mm. Uh, very kind of you know, and that, and that's and that's testament to to how Telford have done because teams were coming to the book said last year and. Getting in the faces from the get go, piling on the pressure because they were thinking, right, this is a Telford team, low on confidence, we could win three or four here. Yeah. But now the approach has changed. Teams are coming to the new book said, knowing that they're in for a game and it's kind of, you know, kind of taking away whatever they can get. 
Yeah. So Ashton came and were you know set the stall out and actually caught Telford Cold. Uh, Mac- John McAtee, who of course is on loan from Shrewsbury, a young kid, got a lot of talent. And it's a question of him just getting games under his belt. But he took his goal very well. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Telford, despite having the lion's share of possession, you know, showing them all the attacking intent, were 1 0 down. Mm-hmm. And um, a, a pretty of a pretty fiery team talk, I think, from, from Gavin Cowan. And I think he was all too pleased with what he saw in the first half. But come out second mm-hmm. half and, and really kind of deserved it um, after that. Uh, the, the really switched it on. and Erdow gets himself a couple of goals and and in the end it was a deserved victory but credit to Ashton you know we've come up International League North not got you know a, the biggest of names not the biggest of budgets or you know they've got a few experienced players in the squad a former Wolves lad Matt Hill yeah. um, being one of them he's there for, at the uh, ripe old age of 37 um, but they've got some decent players and uh, I think they'll hold the round in, in the division this year so uh, Telford Getting a win over them was a no small feat, really. Yeah, and it does show the change from last season because they have fought back from a goal down. And the belief is there because Telford last season, you'd think if they go a goal down, even if they had been playing well, you'd think, well, can we maybe get a point? Yeah. Oh well, I, I alluded to that to that in in the analysis afterwards. You know, Telford had such a rotten spell last season where they'd go a goal down and the heads had just dropped completely. You could mm. kind of see just the confidence, just you know, completely drop. And um, the players were almost playing, playing in, sh- you know, there were shadows of themselves really once they'd gone that goal down. Yeah. Uh, confidence was just at an all time low at some points last season, and the teams were capital- capitalising on that. They knew if they got an early goal, they'd really knock Telford off their stride. But uh, Gavin, he, you know, is a big believer in, uh, you know, being mentally prepared, mm. um, attitude and application are some of his buzzwords. And um, he, he he's, he's insistent that if you're going mentally prepared, believing what you can do, then you can you can achieve anything really. Yeah. And um, and Telford went that goal down. They hadn't been playing at the best, but they got the win, and that's a sign of a good team. Yeah, and that's why I was so surprised on Saturday when they go to Darlington and. I I mean I didn't have money on them, but if if I decided to put money on them, I w- I would have. Yeah. Um, and then they get. Beat three nil. Yeah, it's it's one of those, isn't it? Darlington's a very tough place to go to, albeit that they hadn't won at home uh, before that game. Uh, Blackwell Meadows a very unconventional kind of football ground. It's that they had their um, state of the art ground built. I think it was at the turn of the, de- the decade, and then got into financial trouble. They've ended up playing at the rugby ground. Always um, a good sign. Which isn't. Which isn't. You know, with all due respect, it's not one of the best grounds in the league at all <laughs> yeah. in terms of media facilities and things like that as well. Um, they actually got denied entry into the playoffs a couple of seasons back because the ground didn't meet league requirements because yeah. uh, they haven't got so many seats under cover. Um, so it's a tough place to go. And Darlington have got quite a raucous bunch and they were really kind of chomping at the bit to see a victory, mm. um, despite not having their top scorer, Reece Stoich. She was on international du- duty with uh, Gibraltar. Oh yeah, um, big time. Uh, uh, I, mean, I don't want to drop you in it. I want to. I want to know who Gibraltar. Up <laughs> <laughs> well, just putting in there. Didn't uh, Nuneaton have to have their game called off 
Did you see that? Yeah, they've got two for... Um, I can't remember Car- the... Uh... Car- Carazzo was one, was it? And then St. Kitts and Nevis, a was couple it? of others. I'm yeah, they have three, inter- three internationals, Nuneet and Sandy, who are, of course, in Salford's division. And he had to call the game off against Chester, I believe. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, back, back to Stoich. He, he wasn't there. And uh, they'd had a few players injured as well. Um, but I think... The pressure was really on Tommy Wright, uh, the the Darlington boss, mm. and the players came out emphatically and said, you know, we're standing by him and uh, got a got a result for him because if Telford had beaten, uh, he could have potentially been on the brisk on the on the brink of getting sacked. I think um, so. It was a big win for them, and it's about how Telford uh, respond to this now. Uh, Gavin came out afterwards and said that uh, he was perhaps. Praising the players up a bit too much uh, going into the game. Um, again, speaking about attitude and application, he says he just wasn't there, and um, he said that 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 was the disappointing thing. He says because you can do so many things as a coaching staff, but mm. the attitude and application that's all down to the players. Yeah. Um, do you think they went in and kind of expecting to win? Maybe, maybe there was a hint, uh, you know, a hint of complacency. Uh, from what I've seen of this group, I. I don't think that they are a group that will take teams lightly. I think they are a confident bunch. They know what they can do. Um, I, th- I just think, I think Darlington. It was, it, I think it was more about a test of them. Really, it's about a test of Darlington's character as opposed to Telford's. That you know they were under the cosh. The manager was you know in a difficult spot. Could they come out and play for mm. him? And and the the did they really did so. Um, it's just about dusting themselves down for Telford and getting back on the horse and hopefully getting back to winning ways against uh, against Stockport at home because that'll be a tough one. Yeah, it will be. And is there is there a genuine hope of promotion for Telford here now? Because they've started so well, barring obviously that Darlington game. The, the only issue is, is is just how good Chorley look. I mean, bl- bloody hell, they've only conceded <sighs> three goals so far yeah. this season. Yeah, I mean, if you were going to put money on any team going up at the moment, you'd have to, you know. Whack, whack a lot on Chorley. Uh, it's it's interesting with Chorley because you look at their squad. Uh, not not to go, go on about them too much, but that at that level, at national north level, if you can keep a side together for two or three years, and then just sprinkling a bit more quality here and there, yeah, then you're pretty much onto a winner um, because it's so chop and change at that level. Naturally, you know, not many teams can afford to give out contracts. And then the ones you do give contracts to, if somebody comes up from an high level, they'll just pay the money to get them out of it, basically. Yeah. So it's a bit of a catch-22. But Chorley have managed to hold on uh, to that squad, by and large, for about three years. And they've added a bit of quality. Elliot Newby, former Telford's there, mm-hmm. and he's really hit the ground running. He's got his tw- twin brother Alex on the other wing, a <laughs> bit of twin magic. <laughs> Um, so they're, they're really, really hit their stride early on. Uh, their, ma- their manager, Jamie Vermilio, another former Telford lad, um, has, got, has got manager of the month in that league. So they look like the ones. But Telford, top half, as, as I've said before, I think is the realistic aim for now. And then you get to Christmas and you see if they're on course for that. And then you think, can you get to the playoffs? Or is it a stretch too far? I think uh, top off, because um, let's not forget that there's, there's a lot of money still in this division. Um, there's not a big money bags that was Salford or that was um, Harrogate or Foyled 
not to that extent. Yeah. There's big teams, you know, your Yorks, your Stockports, uh, Bostons, Kidderminsters. These are all teams that have played in the Football League. Mm. And um, I think top half, they've definitely got the ability to do that. Definitely got the ability to, to finish top half. Come Christmas, if they're there, firmly on track for that, then you reassess and perhaps go out for the playoffs. Yeah. Um, some sad news, of course, to report. I mean, we do try and keep uh, as light-hearted as we can on our podcast. Um, sad news from Wellington Am- Amateurs, Joe. Um, I'll, I'll hand over to you for Welly Watch this week, but it's not, it's not going to be one which is... Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dave Gregory, um, kind of Mr. Wellington Amateurs, I think many would say, uh, being involved with the club for since 1962, mm. uh, passed away on uh, on Friday, and um, you know this is this is a man that pretty much at that level as you as you'll find, you know, that devoted his life um, to to being involved with the club and just kind of bettering the club and being involved with the community. Um, he, as we say, Mr. Wellington Amateurs, minute silence uh, for their game against Willingall Town, impeccably observed, and they showed a lot of character. The the the, yeah. the am side they went three one down, but clawed it back to win five three. And you know, according to the manager Lee Mitchell, could have been value for about eight or nine. But um, just want to read out what what Lee. I spoke to Lee on the Sunday. And he had some really nice words for Dave. He said, you know, Dave was Mr. Football, football through and through. He said he would have wanted us to play. Um, he said he had to say, well, you know, we're brilliant with a minute silence and Newport Town held one as well, as did AFC Bridge North. That just shows that the man he was. He said he did so much uh, for local football. And uh, he, he said, we started off pretty slow. I think the emotion of the day caught up with the lads, but we found ourselves 3-1 down. But I managed to get it to 3-3 going into half-time. Could have ended up with more than five. So it was an emotional day. But I think those that came enjoyed the game. So, you know, a, 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 a thrilling game, really. Um, it's just know, what he would have wanted. Just what he would have wanted, I, I think. And, um, yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, the result, really, would have been... It was. It would have been by the by, really. The, mm. the, the main thing was paying tribute to Dave and, and all, the, uh, all the hard work that he's put into the club over the years. But to, to cap off the day with a victory was all the more sweeter. So uh, all the thoughts from us at, at the podcast and from the paper is uh, with uh, Dave's family and uh, everyone at the club at the moment. Yeah, echoed by myself and I'm sure from Lewis. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure, like Joe, you know, we haven't been here too long, really. You know, we've been at the paper a handful of years, but yeah, there are always people at clubs that you ring up like whenever anything's... Up or you just want to chat and find out how it's going you ring up certain people and, and he was that person and with Wellington Amateurs you know in in the Premier Division they were in they were fighting the drop the last few years they were they were down the bottom they were saved by releg- from relegation a couple of times having to speak to him and find out what's going on you know what what's the league saying what are the meetings saying and he was you know he he was um, quite self-deprecating is the wrong word because while he loved like the club, he was, you know, happy to have a have a laugh and you know. He'd always say things with a light heart. Yeah, a pinch of salt, like you know, and um, just be a top guy to speak to, and you know, understanding of you know what how we're just having a chat and friendly and and so on. So yeah, it was really you know, really sad to hear, really, wasn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, and we we didn't know him so much on a personal level, but when you speak to him on the phone, yeah. And you do kind of, 
you know, the, the, that, that was the kind of chap he was. He, it, there was now kind of, he wasn't hiding anything. He wasn't being guarded. He was just being very, very personable. He was just yeah. a very friendly bloke who was just willing to chat and willing mm. to talk about Williams because that that was a that was that was his life pretty much. You know that that's what meant so much to him. So not yeah. everyone's like that either on the phone. No, and you know <laughs> people can be difficult, but Dave was always uh, very welcoming and very good good when speaking on the phone to us. Yeah, so sad news there. Let's talk about TNS for a little bit. Um, sitting at the top of the table, as you'd almost expect. They do play after we've recorded this, so you will probably know their result against Aberystwyth by the time you tune in. But we will talk about the Scottish Challenge Cup. Not a bad last 10 minutes for TNA, or not not, not a bad last 10 minutes for the neutral watching, shall we say. <laughs> lively. Uh, a very lively finish in their Scottish Challenge Cup uh, on Saturday. They lost on penalties, but... 82nd minute, there was a red card for TNS. 89th minute, Queen's Park equalised. 91st minute, they take the lead. And then TNS equalised in the 96th minute before losing on pens. Scenes. Yeah. It's, uh, Can you imagine having to rewrite your match report? Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. Jesus. It would be, you'd be sat there for about an hour after full time, wouldn't no. you? No. Just, just on about that rewrite the match report, uh, Shrewsbury head of media and... Ian Whitfield and fans in general won't thank me for this, but um, Pompey's penalty the other day came about 87 minutes and it hit like 84, 85 and they were winning. I thought, oh, I just, uh, I just, you know, just write my intro here, you know, Towns I'll first win. I'll just prep yeah. an amazing and, intro. And I had it all out. Of course, I did all one, you know, choose his first win under John Askew. He even tapped Wits next to me and said, oh, you know, look, I've done my intro. If if and when Portsmouth score here, this is my fault, you know, for doing my intro. And they did. So, yeah, my fault that um, they didn't hold on to that win. So, sorry about that. But, yeah, no, rewrites are never fun, especially that one. Not when you've got a rewrite from winning 1-0 to losing on penalties. <laughs> to being 2-1 down and then equalise it, I can only imagine. That must be horrendous. Yeah. Have um, you ever had a, a horrific rewrite like that, Joe? Or? Um... Not not so much a horrific re rewrite. It was is when Telford lost six um, 0 to Brackley at home. I mean, it wasn't that it was having to be rewritten. It was just <laughs> adding and adding to how, how how kind of worse it got. You know, it was kind of you know it was a dismal night for Telford, terrible night. You know, for a nightmare night. It was kind of just up in the ante <laughs> as it went. Um, but yeah, not, in terms of like rewriting. Um, Majorly, I can't. Not one really springs to mind, but that that one was a that was an eventful night. It's rare you get, I would say, like after maybe eighty five minutes when you do you you intro or whatever, suck more than one mm. goal. You know, it's pretty rare. I mean, I can't think of an example in my time covering town. So, you know, they're hard enough with one goal. To be honest, that you know, there's a lot of pressure on doing them for the whistle. So. Yeah, uh, poor TNS reporter. Yeah. Um, TNS, great for entertainment, not so great for journos. Uh, yeah, no. Um, I, you'd be livid if you was their, uh, their gaffer, wouldn't you? 1 0 up and 2 uh, and 1 down, but at least they, they showed a bit of uh, bit of steel to, to bring it back. But then they're having a you know penalty woe like their county rivals. So. There the could be a bit of good news, couldn't there, for TNS? Because we've we've spoke about this before about will they ever crack the Champions League? Will yes. they crack the Europa? Well, there's going to be a third competition, isn't there? There is indeed from 2021. Yeah. Is it? So this could be 
you know, the scientist's chance to really... What is it? Is it going to be a remake of the Intertoto Cup? Take all the you? I don't know. Maybe. The return oh. of the Intertoto The Intertoto Cup was such a great thing. <laughs> As Villa fans will oh. vouch for. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Maybe that. Maybe that's their... Maybe that's their way to, to European glory. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see on that. But, um, <laughs> Tune into the podcast in 2021 yeah, to find yeah. out about yeah, that. Yeah, but TNS, I mean, that Scottish Challenge Cup, it's it's not necessarily Scottish because you've got TNS in it and you've got two, I think, two conference sides in it now. Yeah. Um, I think Sutton United are in there. I think they beat Adrianians at the weekend. So, yeah. Is it Boreham Wood? Boreham Wood, I think, is one, yeah. So... All yeah. sorts of teams. Yeah. It's a it's a bit of a mishmash competition. It's but interesting, is it? I think it's good, and and there's a Northern Irish team as well, isn't there? Oh, I think I, so. I, think so. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's an interesting thing. You know why not? Kind of let similarly leveled, similar yeah. level clubs, similarly matched clubs from you know the Isles yeah. have a bit of a go. You know, it's just different in it for the fans. I, I was on the way back from Pompey, yeah, and. Um, and it was talking about, I think the the Sutton or the Boreham Woods, something like nine hundred mile range. <laughs> Decent <laughs> so away day, that. Yeah. Like, I mean, you got to stop over. But. No, but I think that had a message in from a fan who said, like, you know, shout out to us, hundred and forty. There was a lot of them that did it. Yeah. You know, you think there might be like seven or something, but mm. no, they they sent loads. So fair play. Yeah, fair, fair play. play, fair play on that one. Um, double barrel strikers, Joe. Please, please tell me we've got some movement. No. We've got a knee problem for a month. <laughs> no, we've got no movement. Um, no movement at all. Um, so, yeah, double barrel strikers. Um, there's four of them across Telford and Shrewsbury. Uh, the, the start, you know, Amari Morgan Smith started the, uh, started the, the scoring in and started the table in emphatic fashion on the opening day. You know, he came out like an house on fire, but he hasn't scored since um, for Telford. Matthew Barnes-Armour has got on a couple of times. Yes, yeah, I saw um, that. Which must be mentioned, and Gavin Cowan has been praising him for his um, his big brother role, his men- mentoring role for the other strikers he there. But clearly listened to our last podcast when I told him well, to get yeah, yeah. Thanks for listening, Gav. I'm sorry, uh, sorry he didn't score. But... <laughs> Um, yeah, so Matty's still on nil. Uh, Aaron Amardi Holloway of Shrewsbury Town still on nil. I think he's Avery's groin. Probably. Oh, this just this segment is is getting me down on a fortnightly basis. When when the goals start going in, because I, I mean on Twitter last the weekend before last, I was tweeting you both when they both came on. I was like, here we <laughs> yeah. go, lads. The here we go. Is they both came on in the 88th minute. Yeah. I don't know yeah. much of a crack. Um, but or well, if they play for TNS, they would. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If we, I mean, if we're doing this this podcast in a fortnight's time and and we're still on the same figures, I'm going to be very down about this whole situation. I'm banking but, on there being a goal. But I, you know, we did a video recently and I touched on Lionel John Lewis earlier, and you know, I, I just feel for him. He, you know, he's the spearhead of frustration and angst from town fans. Kind of, you know, but. He, he, He's working hard at what he can do. Yes, he missed a chance, possibly two, against Pompey, but cut the guy a break. He's not first choice. You know, he didn't start at all last season. He started a few now because of injuries, unavailability, Liang or becoming a dad. You know, those kind of things you can't vouch for. So why did uh, John Askey play him? Because he thought he was the best option. Maybe Aaron Amadi Holloway wasn't totally fit to start. You know, but yeah, he, he is over a... I think it was groin Amadi Holloway. Certainly over it to... 
feature from the bench, whether he's fit enough to start. He obviously wasn't over John Lewis, so those particular double-barreled um, chaps fighting it out for the, for the spot. But you'd imagine Liangol would come back in. Yeah, yeah. If, um, but they, yeah, they. I like Amali Holloway. Um, I think he's got something about him. Joe saw him do well in pre-season at the friendly he went to, and he's a unit. Uh, Greg Doherty's goal. Mm. Amali Holloway's sort of presence under the ball kind of got got a flick on it and and helped create the error for the Pompey defender. So he had a, you know he had an impact. Amali Holloway on another day, John Lewis could have won it. He worked hard and set the tone a lot of the time for Town in the first half. So let's uh, yeah. I've been a bit depressed about these guys, but let's yeah. try and keep uh, spirits up. So, yeah. so as it stands, John Lewis and Morgan Smith, by the way, just tied one apiece. One apiece. How many goals close. are they going to get between them at the end of the between season? Between them? Um, Would I, because four, there's four of them. So if you say... I want five got, goals yeah, from each of them. If they said four each, that's 16. But if we if we give them 15, a bit of I think leeway. 15's the minimum, isn't yeah. it, you'd say? Yeah. yeah. Fif- fif- 15 the minimum. Yeah, well... As always, we have nominations for our yes. double barrel Hall of Fame. This, this time it is Joe and Lewis who have come up with their this is huge their nominations, and I will be the one to choose um, which one enters our our hall. Uh, currently occupied by Sylvan Ebanks, Blake, Sean White Phillips, and Alex Oxlade Chamberlain. Those are the three men in the hall for now. One listener last time out told me that um, Perry wasn't the um, the best of little mix. In relation to Oxley Chamberlain, really, I wasn't impressed. Did you block them? Uh, I thought about it. Yeah, <laughs> quite. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a fan that messages regularly that I find fairly annoying. No, I'm only joking. No, but uh, yeah, I disagreed. You just disagreed. I, dis- I, I, I disagreed. Um, but yeah. mute, the mute button was. Hit. Yeah, yeah. Don't block them. Just mute. He them. deserved it. <laughs> anyway, guys, who are your who are your nominations? I'm, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be coming into this with an open mind now. So, Joe, do you want to give me your nomination? Right, I think this do you, is want, a, do you want to have me guess at them? Do you want to, do you want to do that? I, I don't think you're going to guess this, to be <laughs> honest. Um, it, he's, this is a very prestigious player. So he's the, the. It was at the time when shirt names were introduced 25 years ago in the Premier League. Okay. He was the only double barreled player in the division. That's historic. So it, he's, he's the trendsetter, essentially. He's the. Double barrel surname player of all double barrel surname players. I'm a bit um, worried here. This is a bit of this serious is a good sell. This is a good sell. He, <laughs> his name is uh, Chris Bart Williams. Chris um, Bart Williams. Have you heard of him, Luke? You've I've got to have heard of Chris, Chris Bart Chris Williams. Bart, um, Football League legend. Yeah. D- defender? Defender slash midfielder. So uh, he started off as a midfielder for kind of Sheffield Wednesday, kind of as his career. Went on, he moved further and further back. But, the Alan um, Smith role. That's it, that's it. Sheffield Wednesday at the time, um, when the shirt number, shirt uh, names were introdu- introduced. Um, he's also played for Nottingham Forest, uh, Charlton, Ipswich, uh, Applewell Nicosia of... Greece. Cyprus. Oh. <laughs> that was close. <laughs> Shocking, Luke. I've got to do me a favour. They're right next to each other. <laughs> and yeah. and Marsaxlock of... Norway. Marsax. Can you give me a spelling? No, 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 no. R S A X L O K K. Oh, come on. It's got to be Scandinavian, isn't it? Ah, Bulgaria. Malta. Malta. So that's where that's where we that's where we uh, ended. Got to do career. better than that, Lewis. Sorry. To be honest and, with you, uh, yeah. you, you're the one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and 
also uh, one England B appearance. One so B. Um, England B. So Chris Bart Williams, that's my uh, suggestion when did for this week. Chris Bart Williams retire out of interest because he was around. I remember him. I believe early. Early to mid two thousands. Um, I remember him in Premier League sticker books. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think that was yeah. probably his Charlton days. Um, yes, yes. I think you're right. Out, out two, out three kind of time. Mm. Um, but uh, good, good years. But uh, yeah, I think he. I think about our five, our six would have been his time of retirement. But Bart Williams. Premier League staple during the 90s and uh, as I say a trendsetter the very first double barrel I mean you're going to have to do well here Lewis I'm guilt tripping my way to this win by the way because I have a Shrewsbury Town stalwart stalwart and if you vote against him and go for Mr CBW yeah um, then there's going to be uproar you know the fans are going to come here with pitchforks. I like a bit of drama though. Lewis. This is yeah, okay. your your Twitter will melt down with anger. On my eight hundred and sixty oh, followers, honestly, will, will if you don't me. vote for 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 my suggestion, you're in trouble. Um, yeah, so I'm going off for someone who is very well thought of at the Meadow, um, still very well loved. In fact, since they moved to the Meadow, and I think 2007. Well, yeah, it was 2007. He's in. The top five is certainly up, up there in terms of players that have made appearances there for town. Does he does he deserve to have a stand named after him? Um, maybe um, it'd be a long named stand, <laughs> bit of a mouthful, but you know sponsorship and all that these days. Uh, um, and he's also the highest appearance maker at, at the New Meadow of players not born in the British Isles. I don't bring you a, a Brit. I I've gone exotic. I bring you an Aussie. Aussie. Yes. I bring you Shane Cansdale Sheriff. The Sh- Sheriff. <laughs> Shane Cansdale. How do you spell that? Oh, come C-A-N-S-D-E-L-L. Thank you, Jim. Hyphen S-H-E. Sheriff. He's the sheriff. S-H-E-R-I-F-F. Double F. Correct. Also, I believe Burton Albin. Burton Albin, yeah. He finished there not so long ago. Retired. 150 league appearances for town. You know, between 08 and, and 12, we're talking recently, just some going for, you know, not a local player. And, and Aussie, he was previously of Tranmere, but obviously, you know, came over before that. Solid fullback, very well loved, still very well thought of. I can go further because I want to grab your attention even more. Go on. He has, since retiring in 2016 at Burton, he has dipped his toe and is still dipping. He's mid-dip. In management. In management. <laughs> He's a head coach. Not in England. Is he in Australia? In the homeland. In if he's managing Usain Bolt, I can I, know, I can go even better. In Australia. We're talking obscurity here. This is what we like. He is managing a second tier semi professional Australian team. Called Adamstown Rosebuds. Adams <laughs> Rosebuds. <laughs> <laughs> Give me some. Come on, Luke, this research. No, that that is where he he took the role on a year ago. Um, I I mean, you know, for for Australian semi-pro football teams, that the, the research available online is fairly limited. I tried to see how they were sort of getting on. Um, as far as I can see, he's still there. 
I think you. I imagine Steve <laughs> Box is not pleased with you, mate. And you, the amount of time you've spent on this. Oh, Shane when Cancel you should have been uh, I mean, to be honest, I, I need to dig out a, a number for him or, or something because it was a great feature, uh, a town hero that's, you know, cutting his management uh, teeth in uh, with the rosebuds. Um, <laughs> But you know, I can't they, believe the name got, of that. <laughs> have they got a thorn in the tail? That's the question. Oh my gosh! Throwing oh. puns out. Shall I go now? This but, is a tough. This is a tough one. Yeah, but as I say, you know, he's a Shrewsbury favourite. You know, uproar if you vote against him. You know what? Apparently, Bart Williams now owns his world-class soccer training <laughs> and college recruiting business called CBW Soccer Elite. I mean, you're yeah, I think he's based, in, he's based in America now. Is he? Uh, where, no. where in the States? Where in the States? He was formerly an assistant coach for Soccer Plus Connecticut. They <laughs> uh, should play each other the Rosebuds against He also served as an assistant coach for the Quinnipiac University men's team for six years. You know, six like years. Wikipedia adventures where yeah. you get obscure players and you... I mean, obviously Shane Kansdall Sheriff isn't obscure for Shrewsbury, but from Luke's point of view, I mean, yeah... This oh. is like when you go on YouTube and you hit related videos three times. The, in a row. Ro- the Rosebuds are my second team now. <laughs> you know what? I'm dig out some merch. I can't choose between these two players, so you know what I'm gonna do? They're both going in. Yes. They're that's both. It, it. They're both going in. They're both going in because we originally I had three names for my, for the very first episode, and we didn't we didn't put them all in. So I'm putting both of these guys in. I can't decide. The research it. you both have gone into here. <laughs> I mean the Adamstown Rosebuds. I mean I've never heard, I've not even heard of a football team <laughs> close to that. <laughs> and the fact that this guy managed in Connecticut. Yeah. Um, I imagine. I can't pick between them. I They're both the, in. The Rosebuds are sort of a, a standard similar to, to Joe Edwards's Churchill Rovers. To be honest, I think that's the kind of level where, you know, nothing against Shane, of course, but. I imagine that's what we're looking at. I, I can't decide if Luke's really just praising us there or essentially bottled the decision. No, I, honestly, honestly, the research you two have both put into this. I just I just thought, when I picked Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, I was like, <laughs> yeah. he's a double-barrelled footballer. Oh, yeah, he's injured. Oh, yeah, but he played a bit for England. You've uh, got to yeah, game in the Scored a good game against... Uh, scored a good goal against Man City in the Champions Yeah, I'll just throw him in. Now I've, got, now I've got what, this game oh, yeah. for two weeks' time. Oh, yeah. the, we've, we've raised the bar. We've raised the bar, but have we raised it too high? You know, can can we better this? That's that's the uh, that's the question. It is a question. It's one we will we will look to work on. I'm glad he's in anyway. But I'm glad they're both in because you know what? fantastic research guys, and they're both they're both in. Hall of Fame has two more members. Huge. Let's talk games coming up. Telford versus Stockport. Um, a beatable opponent. Would you say? P- perhaps, but uh, I mean, the, the crumb of comfort that Telford can take going into this game, despite coming in coming into it on the back of a defeat, is that they've won all four um, at the New Book's Head so far. Mm. Um, Stockport, you know, historically, and, you know, in terms of its fan base and its stature, are the pretty much the biggest club in the division um, although the performances over the last few years haven't quite matched up to that they're kind of the Neely men uh, they look like getting into the playoffs but they never quite um, quite get there but um, I think Telford are going into this one with, with a bit of the bit between the teeth really mm. Gav's challenged them to to come into it and respond and respond emphatically and uh, I think there'll be a good crowd on, on Anne Forey Mm. Um, so hopefully Telford can get back to winning ways uh, before we go on I've got an announcement to make 
a fourth person has entered the bubble. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> uh, a man which Shrewsbury Town fans will not be happy to hear from, Ooh. considering he's a South End fan. Our deputy sports editor, Derek Bish. Derek, how are you? Hello, mate. You right. snuck in incredibly stealthily. Yeah, I was. <laughs> <laughs> I it like an elephant. I mean, you, you, you felt the need to stop the podcast to uh, introduce my arrival, so I must have crashed in somehow. But uh, it's, uh, it was just nice to catch you in the Telford there. Yeah, they're uh, hopefully going to bounce back from their, de- their defeat. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're just in time for the match prediction for Telford they, as well. They just need Joe watching. He... He didn't bother, buggered off, and then you know what happened. That's you know, I know, Tom- I know. Gavin <sighs> listens, and he'll be on your case, mate. You ain't missing no more games. Well, I think I'm missing one in a few weeks. I've been running until then, though. Yeah, but I, I think, I think, uh, I think the weekend, I think the take, the draw, they do, do want to. Well, maybe not Gavin, but I think fans would. Um, Stockport are a, are a good team, uh, even though. They are a bit iffy form-wise. Uh, I think you'd always take a take a draw against them. Mm. Give me a match prediction. I'm going to go one-one. One-one. I'm going to go one-one. I think. Lewis. I reckon I'll sneak it two-one. Telford. Two-one Telford. Two-one Telford. Derek. Telford. Four nil. Four nil. I've literally yeah. walked in the office half an hour ago this week, so I'm not even sure they're playing this weekend at the moment. But, uh, <laughs> but four nil. Telford four, Stockport nil. Uh, oh, oh yeah, oh. Alex Ross supports Stockport as well. Our news, uh, our investigations reporter. So uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's get one. We should have got him well. in. What are we doing? Is it? Yeah, in the we should have. We should have. Oh, we could have had six in here. Five. I can't do maths. Yeah, five. I'm going. I'm going two 0 Telford. Two 0 yeah. Telford. I'm back to winning ways. All right, Derek, we're well, here. Let's talk about Southend first of all. Good start to the season or no? Um, it's, it's a bit weird, really. Yeah. We're um, full of uh, full of hope and promise with uh, Chris Powell last uh, coming in during last season. Yeah, took us from a relegation battle up to tenth by the end of the season, which is probably as good as we could have. Uh, hopeful, realistically, at that point. Um, made some really early signings, some really good ones as well. Tom Hopper's our uh, new number nine. We've mm. got some strength in the midfield. Brought a couple of defenders in as well. So it really looked like we were going to have a good crack at going for it. Um, especially with Chris Powell's had such success in this league in the past. Yeah, But it hasn't quite, hasn't quite happened um, for us for whatever reason. We're playing some superb football between the boxes. Um, I just went down to watch us play the uh, league leaders Peterborough on Saturday. Yeah. And that was as good as I've ever seen us play between the boxes. The football was fantastic to watch sometimes. The problem was we couldn't defend at one end and um, we eventually did score two goals but we were missed so many chances uh, before falling 2-0 down that um, you know we just need to sharpen up. I mean that, that, there was a spell that second half which really showed what we could could do. When we went 2-0 down, fought back to 2 all, and it was, it was phenomenal to watch. But again, defensive mishaps. Mm. Every time that ball goes in the uh, in the penalty area, it's a little bit heart in your mouth. Mm. Not sure who's going to uh, who's going to intercept it or uh, clear it, but um, you know, I think I, I really think there's a good chance still that we could uh, we could do something this season. It's going to mm. be a tough game on Saturday against Shrewsbury, of course. So I, uh, I gather uh, uh, in a similar similar boat, really. Just um, just can't quite pick up enough three pointers and. Yeah, should be a should be a good, good game. You got a good penalty taker. Oh, <laughs> 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 I, mean, uh, I 
So who's taking our penalties this season? We've got a few. We've got. We've got. I mean, we've got four. Four really good strikers. So we only played two each week. Yeah. So you know, one of them can stick a penalty I, in. This is a really interesting one potentially because you know what Derek has just said there about in between the boxes. You know, Shrews, we aren't far off that. The performance against Portsmouth. You know, unbeaten Portsmouth. Likewise, Peterborough there. You know, Portsmouth were chasing shadows. Portsmouth were nowhere near Shrewsbury that first half. In 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 I suppose the middle third third of the pitch because they they missed chances defensively they were so comfortable and it's going to be a really interesting matchup because we've described the teams there as, as similar so how does it play out you know I think you've said to me before Derek that Southend have probably got more going forward um, more of a cutting edge yeah definitely uh, look, obviously Simon yeah I mean, we weren't we weren't very cl- we weren't very clinical on Saturday but we still scored two goals yeah and you've mm. got guys that have scored goals before very prolifically. Yeah. Um, yeah, Sean McCool, got Sean McCall's skill on loan from Bristol City. He started two games, one in the Checker Trade, one in the Carabao Cup. Uh, he scored two goals in each and he can't get a, can't get, can barely get a kick <laughs> in the league. So, um, you know, we've got Simon Cox up front, uh, former West Brom, who's really knitting the play together. Mm. You know, people remember him when he was, you know, back in the Premier League in the Championship at the Baggies as a fox in the box. But he is... Closer to a number ten now than than anything, mm. he will drop off. He will pick the pockets of space. And when he got taken off, he was by far the man of the match on Saturday. Yeah. When he got taken off, there was just suddenly this big gap in the pitch. So he's so crucial to the way we play. And then you know we've got any choice of we've got Tom Hopper, who's our go-to guy, the number nine that we signed in the summer. We've got Mikulski, who can play that. I'd really like to see him get a run. Mm. You know, as harsh as that would be on Tom Hopper. And then we've got Theo Robinson, who's come off the come off the bench, scored a few goals. Was obviously prolific for Lincoln in their FA Cup run a couple of seasons ago. We've got um, we've got options coming out of our ears, so um, it'll be you know our, I, I would back our strikers are probably better than Shrewsbury strikers. There's probably not much difference between the midfield, and I'd say probably Shrewsbury's defence is perhaps a little tighter than mm. than ours. Uh, you know, aside from giving away penalties, aside from giving away penalties, we just give away set piece goals. So, uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's going to make us a really good game Saturday. Would Shrimpers fans expect to go there and win? Looking at the table, looking at winless Shrewsbury. Uh, we don't expect anything. No. Um, <laughs> I know I come in the office, so I'm full of bravado at the start. This is two seasons. Yeah, everyone will hear was no. This is two seasons in a row now. I've told everyone we're going to win the league, <laughs> uh, and uh, and we're not. But it is it's it's false bravado because I know that we uh, you know. We support Southend and Shrewsbury and Telford and we follow these clubs not because we're going to win every week but because it's going to be blooming entertaining along the way. You know, we're going to be able to relate to the players and, uh, yeah. you know, we'll come without much expectation but probably, you know, quite optimism that if everything clicks, you know, someone someone is going to get pace enough for sooner or later. Mm. Unfortunately, we're also the sort of clubs that are usually <laughs> fodder for <laughs> other clubs' first wins of the season. I, I, I've heard someone say that Shrewsbury are going to give out a, a pace in which, you know, would... Surprised me possibly given the the lack of goals, but you know the way they're playing, there's there's every chance. I, I would say uh, John Askey needs a result far more than Chris Bell. Home team without a win, he, I'd he, say so. He, I'd he, completely you know, agree. He, yeah. I mean, he, Powell is happier with a draw on Saturday. I think away. Yeah, I, I I don't think he'd be happy with a draw per se. But um, you know, there was a few murmurs of discontent. The first few that we've probably heard on social media because right. Chris mm. Powell is a Southend legend, icon, god almost. Um, he is uh, you know one of those people who's really ingrained in our history. And um, there were yeah, the first time there was just a few murmurs of discontent after Saturday. But 
were so, you know, so close, as Shrewsbury are, so close to it all getting right. But the problem mm. is the longer you go without getting it right, you know, the harder it becomes. Yeah. And you know, Derek, we picked up a couple of wins, whereas you know, obviously Shrewsbury are yeah. yet to do that. Derek, our adopted Midlander, West Midlander, is is making his second appearance at the Meadow of your. Uh... Yeah, I was there for the two-one uh, victory for Southend. I think Jack Payne scored one. Jack Payne was superb for us that night, and also it was a left back we had on loan. I think Stephen <laughs> Hendry. I think he's still with, us, still, still with us actually he just doesn't get a game anytime I think he scored I'm sure he scored the winner I probably remember yeah. that wrong but it was 2-1 I think Shrewsbury probably felt really hard done by that night because they absolutely battered us but uh, we nicked the, uh, we nicked the standard result under Phil Brown just nicked a nicked a one goal win yeah and Town won the corresponding fixture last year midweek yeah didn't I, they? I missed uh, that one yeah, fortunately yeah <laughs> Nolan scored which you know I'm sure Shrewsbury fans will want to forget about really yeah, sort of happy memories from last season so yeah we'll, we'll gloss over that one as well um, yeah I'm looking forward to it actually I think it's a it's a big game for Shrewsbury you know people might neutrals would look at it and think you know low I, team against fairly low team I, I, but I, I think I know Shrewsbury have had their problems in front of goal but they seem to just be you know people at like Angle are just sort of yeah, sorting yeah, it out yeah. this is if there's on my both teams to score coupon this weekend mm. this is I would say a banker. So there we go. Get your money okay. on nil-nil. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sounds like it's going to be a cracker. Well, if I handed you both a draw right now, would you take it? No. Ooh. No. I don't think I No. 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 Oh. I mean, Derek, so if I was a fan, then Shrewsbury fans would say no as well. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. So, I don't yeah. think there's anyone being disrespectful to either side. I just think we both know some, we've got to start picking up three points yeah. sooner rather than later but. in certain games. We're a little bit further ahead I don't expect us to get sucked into a relegation battle at all. Perhaps that's where Shrewsbury are going to be this season. So, you know, for the different expectations mm. that are now after six games, we still think we can get the playoffs. Mm. You know, if Shrewsbury got on the run, good, you know, goodness knows what they yeah. could achieve. But I think the first, the way the first few games have gone, the first foremost is getting out that bottom four. Um, so, you know, how many more weeks can, can, can we go by saying, you know, we've been the best team between the boxes without winning... <laughs> I must add, uh, just for the purpose of what Derek just said there, that the optimism from the manager, Askey, and, and the players I speak to, they are all so insistent in interviews, without being prompted, that they should be at the other end of the table. Not first or second, but, you know, maybe in the playoffs, on the mm. fringes of it. That's where they think they've got the ability to be. They're not playing themselves down, you know, saying, oh, we'll just do a mid-table job. They, they're aiming so high, so the, the confidence of what they've got. It's just time to deliver on it, I think, because yeah. we're seeing glimpses and flashes of so much promise, um, finishing touches, that hopefully come against uh, Derek's lot. So. Yeah. Give me a match prediction, Lewis. 2-1 Shrewsbury. Derek? I'm going for... Uh, I thought you were going to say 4-1. No, <laughs> I am going for a rather wild 4-3 South End. Oh, goals galore. Joe? <laughs> uh, the neutral? Forgot you, Ridger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tell people we're 4-0. Oh, no, nah, so um, yeah, I think 3-1 safe end. Uh, I just, no. from, from, from what I'm hearing, you know, of safe end's uh, attacking prowess, so I just feel like Shrewsbury at the moment, the, I could just see it happening that Shrewsbury score, they look pretty good going at half-time and then it just kind of unravels, but time will tell. I'm going 2-all. Yeah. Two Southend penalties. 
<laughs> so it's like six in five and seven in eight yeah. given away. Wow. Okay. And Derek, actually, a big shout out for the uh, his impending reunion with Anthony Grant this weekend. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Grant play. It was a uh, not a legend, but uh, hopefully the Shrewsbury fans will really appreciate what he brings to the table. You'd rather he's on your team than the Ginch and Seen, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, I can't wait to see him play. Yeah. Looking forward to it, guys. That about, that about wraps it up. About wraps it up. Thanks, sir. Thank you for joining me. Joe, thank you. Thank you, yeah. Lewis, thank you. Thank you. Derek, thank you. Thank you. Worth uh, mentioning as well. Email us any questions you have. Shropshirepodcast at shropshirestar.co.uk. Uh, and also, we're on iTunes now, so feel free to yeah. subscribe on your uh, iPhones, uh, and they come straight through to your phone, so you don't have to visit the site, which is a shame, because we want you to be on the site. But... <laughs> Write us, leave your comments. Lewis is literally just subscribing now. Uh, correct. As, as we speak. Yeah, that is outrageous. Three episodes in. <laughs> three episodes in. But no, thank you from all of us here, and thank you from myself. <laughs>